And now today's reading is taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, reading verses 1 to 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Now, this morning, for a brief time, we are again thinking about the celebration that happens in the Nativity story. Now, Again, just a reminder that the whole purpose of this series is a reminder that though we have many things to enjoy at Christmas, that if we make them our focus, then we'll miss out on the true joy of Christmas. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, don't get me wrong here. It's not that... um, I'm being Scrooge-like about the cultural aspects of Christmas. I enjoy the Christmas lights. I enjoy the turkey dinner. I enjoy lots of the other traditions as much as anyone else. But it's when those things become the focus and then they don't live up to expectation, then we truly have a problem, don't we? In the last week, two people independently have said to me, Ah, do you know Christmas? 
It isn't the same since the two children grew up, or the three children, I think, in one case. And it saddened me greatly because, of course, we we want children, don't we, to have a, a good time at Christmas. But if the children then grow up, then what is left? Is there nothing in particular to celebrate? Is the magic of Christmas gone? Is Christmas really just only for children? I hope not, because that's terribly disappointing, isn't it? You see, if our focus is only on the cultural aspect of Christmas, we are missing out. And we're actually settling for second best. That's what I want to say to you this morning. Because we know, don't we, from the Nativity story, that there is something far, far greater to celebrate at Christmas. Something that will sustain us when other things don't go as planned or during those times when when this time of year is actually a real struggle. And we feel as though we've got to be jolly and bright, but we we really don't feel jolly and bright. Well, what's going to sustain us then? Now, a couple of weeks ago, we thought about Zechariah and Elizabeth. This older couple who had longed for a child And then God promises them a child, and they have the child, John the Baptist, the one who prepares the way for the Messiah. And we saw the the joy of Zechariah and Elizabeth, didn't we? This older couple who had longed for so many years for a child, who had been hurt for so many years, and yet then suddenly there was this time of joy. And they were filled with joy, not only that they'd been blessed with a son, as they are filled with the Holy Spirit, they understand who their son will be and who he will prepare the way for. So we had Zechariah and Elizabeth. And then we thought last week about Mary. And Mary receiving this message that she would conceive through the Holy Spirit and deliver a son. A son who would become our deliverer. And we saw Mary received with joy by Elizabeth and the, and the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaping for joy. And we see Mary herself praise the Lord as she's filled with the Holy Spirit. And so what I want you to see and what we've been seeing over these past number of weeks is that in the nativity story, there is joy, little aspects of joy. Even in the midst of struggle, there is joy. Now, today's reading, I'm hoping, is very familiar to you, because it's now six months or so since John the Baptist has been born, and Mary is due to bear her son. And of course, we know the story, don't we? We know that Mary travels with Joseph to Bethlehem, because that's where he's from. He's from David's line, and a census is being taken, and so they need to go back to their hometown. Now, of course, we know the story, don't we, that when Mary and Joseph arrive in Bethlehem, that there's nowhere for them to stay, that there's no guest room for them. Now, it's quite likely here that they would have actually been staying with Joseph's extended family, and that the extended family simply didn't have room available. Now, that happens, doesn't it, at Christmas time? It's not happened for the last couple of years, but sometimes you have family staying in your house. 
and there's not enough bedrooms, so what do you do? Well, you get out the blow-up bed, or you get out the camp bed, and you stick it in your living room, and you say to your grandchildren or whoever it might be, that is your bed, temporary accommodation for this evening. Well, it's kind of similar in the first Christmas, because it's likely Joseph's extended family just didn't have a room available. And so it's very unlikely that actually Joseph and Mary were going around knocking doors looking for a travel lodge or uh, for an Airbnb. That just isn't the case. They were staying with extended family. And it's probably the case that actually there was just no space in the house. Now, the way the houses were designed at that time, the animals were kept in the lower part of the house. And so it seems to me there was no space in the, you know, plush upstairs of the house, and so they had to go downstairs to the place where uh, the animals were. It would probably give them a bit more privacy anyway, when you think about it. And so it's here in the lower part of the house that Jesus is born. Now, when you get to that part of the passage where Jesus is born, in some ways Luke's reporting of this might seem slightly underwhelming. Did you notice that? It's just, and there Mary had the baby. That's basically it. Hmm. Because Jesus is born, he's placed in a manger, a feeding trough, and, and that's it. That seems to be the end of that part of the story. But of course, Luke is a master storyteller, isn't he? Because suddenly, the scene switches, doesn't it? Where does it go to? Well, it goes outside Bethlehem, and it goes onto Bethlehem's plains. And for good reason. Because who's there out on Bethlehem's plains? There are shepherds. Shepherds looking after their sheep, as they had done probably thousands and thousands of times before. But this night was going to be different. Because suddenly, as they're looking after their sheep, an angel of the Lord appears to the shepherds. And the glory of the Lord shines around them. This wasn't their typical Friday night or whatever night it really was. And understandably, these shepherds are terrified. They are terrified by this. I think you and I would be too. But the angel has a message. Do not be afraid. How often does that happen in the Bible? Look in your Bible how many times an angel, a messenger from God says that. Do not be afraid. Or Jesus himself. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Now, when you think about it, what a message to receive, especially so unexpectedly. There you were with your sheep, just looking after them, making sure uh, the sheep were were well looked after. And then suddenly, what happens? An angel, there's a glory of the Lord shining around, and they're giving this message. But this message affirms once more who the baby is that he is a savior, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Lord, this baby that's been born. And notice that it's good news, 
is good news of great joy for all the people. It's good news not just for the shepherds, not just for some people, but for all people. And I guess even for us here in 2022. But then something even more glorious happens. This is my favorite part in the whole nativity story. Because suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appear with the angel. Now, what I want to think about this morning is the word suddenly. The word suddenly. Because there is one angel giving this amazing news to the shepherds. And the shepherds are probably wondering about this this message that they've been told about the Savior being born, and then suddenly there is this heavenly host to appear. If they were scared before, they'd definitely be scared now. I don't think this is pre-planned. Suddenly, it seems like it's spontaneous. It's as if the angels cannot help but come down and praise God. That's what it seems like to me. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those on whom His favor rests. They can't help but praise God is spontaneous. Now again, what's interesting here is that this is heaven and earth coming together. Do you notice that? You see, what's just happened? Well, Jesus has just been born. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Son of God. What has Jesus just done? He's left His glory by to come down to a needy and a broken earth. What's happening here on Bethlehem's plain? Well, you have angels. Where do angels usually live? I guess they usually live in heaven. And where are they now appearing? Appearing down on earth. This is heaven breaking through to earth. And the angels can't help but share the good news about Jesus and to praise God. And so I want you to see this morning that the angels praise God. They rejoice in Him. And they recognize that this child, this baby that has been born, Jesus, is a gift of grace. And He will bring peace to those on whom His favor rests. So we have one angel. Then we have the whole heavenly host. But then, what happens? They all disappear. And you can imagine, there are the shepherds just there, and they're kind of looking at each other, rubbing their eyes, thinking, did did that just happen? Wondering about what they'd just seen. But there's something else that's really important to recognize here. Did you notice that the angel did not say to the shepherds, go to Bethlehem. Did you notice that? The angel did not command the shepherds to go and say, look for the child. The angel did not force the shepherds to go. Now, if you think about it, it was similar when we thought about Mary and Elizabeth, wasn't it? Remember how the angel told Mary about Elizabeth being in her sixth month. But there was no command for Mary to go and see Elizabeth, was there? It was a hint. Go and go to Elizabeth, but not command it. Why did Mary go? She went because she wanted to go. 
And it's the same with the shepherds. They didn't have to go to Bethlehem. They weren't compelled to go and find this baby. But they wanted to. They couldn't help themselves. And I guess if you had been there and you were a shepherd, you would have been exactly the same. You couldn't just let it lie, could you? You couldn't just say, well, what a night that was. You know, that's great that this child has been... You would want to go, wouldn't you? As we can imagine, the shepherds looking at each other, did that just happen? Let's go. We're off. We're going to Bethlehem. We're going to find this child. I want to say to you this morning, the same is true for us. God never forces himself upon us. We are never compelled to follow him. We come to him because he's working in our lives and we want to come. You see, the shepherds go to Bethlehem. What do they find? They find it exactly as the angel says. And then they spread the word about this baby that has been born and all that they've heard and seen. And then do you notice right at the end, where do they go? They return back to their sheep, back to their old job, if you like. I want you to notice that they're forever changed because they glorify and praise God. Now, I hope when you heard that story this morning, a very familiar story, you couldn't but listen to it without a sense of excitement, without a sense of the excitement and the amazement and the joy in this story. A sense of of heaven breaking through onto the earth and this baby, Jesus, changing everything. And note that when the shepherds heard the message from the angel, their first thought was to go and see and to tell others and to praise God. Because this child, Jesus, changed their life and would change the life of everyone who would believe and trust in him. This Advent, are you ready to receive Jesus? And do you recognize that if you have Jesus in your life, that though the Christmas gifts may be disappointing, that though the children or the grandchildren may be too old for the magic of Christmas, whatever that might be, that though this might be a really hard time of year for you, I want you to know this morning that Jesus never disappoints. He never lets you down. He brings peace on earth. And he brings peace to your heart. And so when you leave this morning, I want you to leave not just, you know, excited that you're going home for your Sunday lunch. I want you to go home rejoicing. And this Savior that has been born, this Savior who changed the life of Mary, who changed the life of Elizabeth and Zechariah, who changed the life of the shepherds, and who will change your life too. That's not to say that life will not be a struggle. But do you know something? I'd much rather go through life with Jesus by my side and Jesus in my heart than to struggle in life on my own. 
See, even during those difficult times, those times when circumstances seem against us, it's wonderful to know that Jesus is there. Even if everything goes wrong, I have Jesus. And that's the message of Christmas. That's the message of peace and hope and joy and love. So this Advent, this Christmas, whatever we're going through, may we sing as the angels sang. Hark the herald, angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful, all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies with the angelic host proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Shall we just pray together? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask for forgiveness for those times when at Christmas we focus upon the temporal things. And even though we enjoy some of those things, and some of those things are a real delight to us, sometimes we can be so distracted by them that we forget about the real message of Christmas, the real message that will bring us true joy, true peace, that will bring us hope that is everlasting and which reminds us of your great love. Heavenly Father, we thank you, especially this morning for the story of the shepherds. The shepherds who were just minding their own business, just doing their job, their usual job. And yet suddenly, Lord God, you broke in. You gave them a message about Jesus. And Father, maybe we're here today and life seems pretty ordinary. We're just getting on with our life, getting on with our job, getting on with family life. But Father, this Christmas, we pray that you would break in. Break into our lives. And that we would know truly who Jesus is. That he's no ordinary baby born 2,000 years ago. But he is the very Son of God. He is the Savior that we need. He's the one that brings reconciliation with you. He's the one who brings forgiveness and life and hope. Father, we pray as we truly see who Jesus is, that we would know our hearts warmed this Christmas, that we would know that deep joy within. Lord God, we thank you for the joy that the shepherds felt, their lives forever changed. We thank you for the, the angels, the heavenly host, who couldn't help but praise you, Lord God, and we pray this Christmas, Lord God, that, that moved in our spirits by this story, that we would be people who would want to sing praise to you, who would want to sing hallelujah because of all that you are and all that you have done. So, Lord God, speak to us through your word this day, we pray. For we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.